Here's Neymar now, Cavani is there. And Saint-Etienne has surely won it in the 89th minute. Kalou for Cavano. Oh, what a strike. An absolute beauty for Florian Tobac. Kylian Mbappé wraps it up. Hello and welcome along to Le Beaujeu, the official Ligue 1 podcast. It is our final podcast of 2019. What a year it has been. We're going to be looking back at the Saturday night action. We had all 10 games taking place last night. We saw PSG and Mbappe finish the year with a flourish. Marseille and Rennes have got their sights set on the Champions League now. Monaco crushed Lille, but there was more frustration for Lyon who have got a lot of work to do this season. They're down in 12th position. Uh, with me, David Cross, and he had a, a very uh, entertaining Saturday night commentating rounds against Leon. How are you, Dave? Very good, Matt, and you? Yeah, very good, very good. I'm, I think I'm the only one who's not completely exhausted because these boys were, were working until the early hours last night. Robbie Thompson, how are you, Robbie? I am exhausted, Matt, and we were exchanging messages still at 1.30, and I noticed there was silence on your end of the WhatsApp group at, uh, at 1.30 as we were trying to... Put the fine tuning well, on this. I thought it was better that the presenter get get, you are, get it, a good night's sleep. Exactly, it's even harder. I know when you're at home with the kids, you need to you need <laughs> to get your sleep rather than at the football stadiums around the country. Well, my voice isn't quite as croaky as yours, Robbie, but thank you for the coffee this morning. Thank you for for having us. And uh, yeah, lot lots to get into. We've got all the action from last night. We're also going to be looking back. We're going to be doing our half term bilan. Um, bilan is one of those words that I just really not very good at translating but yeah half term report review review Re- report yeah, yeah. assessment, assessment. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff Dave let's start at the Parc des Princes where Robbie was uh, last night Paris Saint-Germain have finished the first half of the season on top of the table there was uh, no doubt about that before the game they played Amiens uh, last night, and here is what happened. Icardi, that's a good touch. Oh, the break is on here. Mbappe, there's no offside. Kylian Mbappe against Gardner. Fabulous finish. It's a new personal record for Kylian Mbappe. Seven consecutive matches. It's a lovely finish. No chance for Gardner. Is Di Maria. The space for Icardi. Oh, lovely double touch. Icardi's still going. Neymar is there. And less than a minute into the second half. And Paris Saint-Germain have doubled their lead. Neymar, the big switch of play. Look at the space for Di Maria. Mbappe. Mbappe! And that's three. Oh, Fuseni Dibati does well again. The ball to the back post. Mendoza! Goal number five of the season for Steven Mendoza. It's just the second team to score against Paris Saint-Germain here at the Parc des Princes this season. Di Maria for Neymar again. Bernat. Bernat's ball back post. And Mauro Icardi continues his goal-scoring form as well. Uh, Robbie, Paris Saint-Germain winning 4-1. While you were commentating there, um, there was uh, news filtering through around the table that there's no coffee left and, and talk that you were going to be getting champagne out. It is just to let our listeners know, 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But it is the last pot of the year. That's I, like, and I was in Rance last night. So Exactly. So, look, there's so, a theme. I, th- I think there's a theme here. End of, end of year, festive season. Should we talk about PSG, PSG okay. Amiens and then we'll decide whether you deserve a, a glass of champagne. Right. Um, 4-1. It was uh, 
it was fairly routine in the end for for Paris Saint-Germain. We saw the front four. What what do you call them? The, fabulous, the fantastic, the four. fantastic well, four. Fabulous four is good as well. But fantastic four is the Marvel comic group, isn't it? The Fantastic Four. In our in our language, it's it's <laughs> it's Di Maria, Icardi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Um, and it was too much for Amiens. It was far too much. They, they committed, you know, football Harry Carey Amiens in the first ten minutes when they they all attacked. All of a sudden, it was their first attack of the match. They'd already survived a couple of scares at the other end, and then they all went rushing forward. and And Paris managed to break. and And when you offer Kylian Mbappe on the halfway line, the entire half of the field with just Regis Gertner to to beat. Well, you you pay the penalty. That's what happened. Ten minutes in, counter attack, one nil Paris, and. Uh, and then Amiens fought hard, disciplined, tried to, tried to defend as long as they could. But uh, in the end, Mauro Icardi had more than one touch of the football in the penalty box to set up Neymar at the start of the second half. And early goals in each half kill you off at Paris. It was the eighth time they've gone ahead at the Parc des Princes, the eighth time they've won. Kylian Mbappe brought up 41 goals in the year, in the calendar year 2019. That's the second best ever for Paris Saint-Germain behind... Edinson Cavani's 50 in 2017. And Mbappe seen, scored in seven games stat. in a row as well. Uh, apparently, he's the first uh, striker to score 30 goals, league and goals in a calendar year since Hervé Reveli in 1969, which is quite surprising. It is surprising. I was very surprised to see that Ibrahimovic hadn't scored more than 40 goals in a, in a calendar year as well, but it never 30, happened. 30. This is getting quite 40, close to my coup de goal. When did... Oh, 40 in all yeah, competitions, yeah. but apparently 30 yeah. in the league. The calendar year is irrelevant, though. Exactly. What about seasons? Well, exactly. That's the, I agree, entirely. There's my mini coup de gueule. It's just, it's just... If I don't get champagne, it'll get expanded into a well, real one later. Well, I'm with you on this coup de gueule. Let's, uh, it's either champagne or coup de gueules, Matt. What do you think? No, I've got a coup de gueule coming, <laughs> okay. uh, coming up. So anyway, right. Robbie, it, it is going to be um, a happy Christmas in the, Icardi, in the Icardi household because we did understand... This week, from a, a comment made by his his charming wife, Wonder, that yeah, he doesn't he doesn't fancy too he doesn't much. score at home if he doesn't, he doesn't score. score at, he doesn't if fancy he doesn't too much affection if PSG. No, no, it's more about if PSG win. So yeah, yeah so it's been a pretty so happy a long range season. goal as well, wasn't it? The one last night. It was a. Li- I was rewatching it this morning with Robbie, and I reckon it was at least four and a half yards out. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway. we interviewed Mauro just uh, last week for PSG TV, and he said he's. He said, and these are his words, I've you scored said, Robbie, about... hang on, you said that last week. Do you interview him every week for... for well, but yes, Maybe. but this week, it's out to, it was out yesterday. You can see it as of yesterday. Um, and he says, I score 100, I've scored 150 goals in my career, and they're all identical. Which means that they're all from the six-yard box, funny, one touch watch, of the football. I don't watch much Serie A, but I had a very different impression of what Icardi was before he left. I, I, oh, well, I, I have saw a some guy who could run inter- in behind, who could score from longer range, but I mean, maybe I imagined seeing that with Inter. Well, I have Inter inside sources from the Italian connections uh, often in this house, and they tell me that Icardi is just a killer. One touch in the box, that's it. Does nothing, disappears in matches. Don't see him. So I had a feeling this was this was coming, but it is impressive. Very impressive. Dave, um, PSG are seven points clear of Marseille. They've had uh, a good first half of the season, but they lost three matches as well. Three matches against teams they shouldn't be losing to. Yeah. Um, what, how, how, how would you assess the, the first half of their season? Pretty good. Not amazing. Uh, you'd have expected them to be further ahead at this stage, which perhaps says more about Andre Villas-Boas' Marseille than it does about Paris Saint-Germain, actually. Although they have been careless at times. 
I think Tuchel has gone too far with his squad rotation. Occasionally, they've not looked focused. I'm not convinced that he's found his best defence, which is going to be a problem going into the spring when they have to play the bigger European matches. But on the flip side, there are great signs of promise and it's exciting seeing Neymar and Mbappe and Icardi and Di Maria working together and all fit at the same time. It's one of the things we spoke about last week, wasn't it? Was whether this 4-4-2 formation could be used for the big matches in the Champions League. And it's very, very attacking. And Neymar worked hard last night for the team. So did Di Maria. We even saw Mbappe tracking back to his own penalty box. But they can show all the goodwill in the world, those three. They're never going to be able to tackle. And that's, that's going to cost you. Yes. Yes, it probably it probably will. We know they're playing Dortmund now as well, which in Dortmund yeah. are a, a very attacking team as well. So yeah, very good players, and also Lucien Favre, their coach, who uh, with Nice caused Paris problems, and is a very good coach and knows French football, knows Paris Saint Germain very well as well. Let's talk about Marseille because I know we got a lot of Marseille listeners out there who get a bit frustrated with Robbie going on about PSG and. Uh, you know, we, we, we do talk about PSG because they are the champions and they are top of the league. But Marseille this season are doing really, really well. And it's kind of happened um, unexpectedly. They didn't have a big summer in the transfer market. They uh, appointed Andre Villas-Boas, who a lot of people were, were very um, wary of. They won last night against Nîmes. Um, and I, I've ruined the suspense, but let's, let's, listen. let's listen to Ian Holyman's commentary from the Orange Velodrome. Goal is though here after 45 minutes. It's Marseille who get us underway. Remember, trying to defend second place in the table. They were four points ahead of Lille as they're on the attack early on. And it's an own goal from Alakush. Keep it in, Payet, he can. Here comes the Marseille captain, Sanson and Benedetto in support. Lovely ball for Morgan Sanson, is this two? Benedetto! Strikers goal for the Argentine and Marseille have a second. Beautifully done by Payet. Space to shoot! Fine goal from Dimitri Payet. He's been in excellent form of late and Santa Claus has come to town for Marseille. He's battled through and space here for Briançon. And he does ruin the clean sheet, does Anthony Brionson. Marseille 3, Nîmes 1. They've picked up 22 points from a possible 24 running into uh, Christmas. And uh, yeah, there's this, there's this feel-good factor at, at the Orange Velodrome. And uh, Marseille looking very good to qualify for the Champions League. They are, but everyone beats Nîmes, don't they, unfortunately, this yeah, season? Yeah, but 22 points from 24. And, and, and there was a, a, a very festive... Um, atmosphere wasn't there at, at, at the velodrome. I know Dave. Was yeah, no, especially with Dimitri but... Payet getting the Santa's hat out. That was really nice to see, and he's uh, in great form. He'd uh, he make quite a good Santa this year, actually. Presents for everyone, and he can fit down the chimney, which is helping him and Mondonda can get down that chimney, having lost some weight in the summer. <laughs> um, yeah, six goals and three assists. He's involved in forty percent of OM's goals this season, and he's been brilliant. He I, 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 I've seen like. Newspapers, as we approach an international tournament year, they have to talk up who's going to be the unlikely player to break into the France team. I don't think Payet is going to get a Le Bleu recall, but he is playing superbly and he's, at the moment, he is going to lead their challenge for that Champions League place. What about Valentin Rangier or Bubica Camara? 
Rangier, I've, 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 I know I've, I've had Rangier slightly on my Econe list of players that everyone else tells me are, are good and I'm a bit sceptical about, but even I have to admit that he's been brilliant since he joined as a joker a day after the close of the official transfer window uh, at the start of September. And he just runs and runs and runs. Sanson does the same thing. Mm. And that has... Another what we one, thought was lacking. One. So, so we, someone could be knocking on the door. Well, when we were watching them earlier in the season, we kept talking about Marseille being one-paced and lacking energy. And mm. what they've well, done two. combined yeah, exactly. is allow a, a more intense style, and that that's paid off in terms of results. They they are definitely very solid league one players. I think Rangier may be a little bit more tic, a, little, a little bit more technique and class than Sanson, but Sanson is is incredibly intensive in his play, in his running. He's uh, they they're good players. Maybe France is maybe yeah, just Rob a that, step too far. They're a couple below international class. Boubacar yeah. Camera, if his progress continues, then he's got more of a chance. Yeah, and one of the the, the big decisions of VS Boas has made was to drop Kevin Strutman and to play Boubacar Camera in 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 midfield at times. Um, I, I think yeah, I think I think it's mightily impressive. Nobody thought Marseille would be averaging two points a game at the halfway stage, and I think what what's interesting is that. The, the, the signings they made, they've bought one player on each line, let's say. They've bought in Alvaro Gonzalez at uh, centre-back. They've brought in Rangier in midfield and Benedetto, who was on target against Nîmes last night. Um, seven, seven league goals for him. And he's been, you know, he's been leading the line with, with real class this, this season. All three of them have injected quality into each area of the pitch. Their, their recruitment, Matt, their signings over the summer remind me a little bit of Lille last year. And how they brought, they clearly targeted three players, four players, one in each line to bring experience, to bring that little missing ingredient into the side, and uh, and it's, it's working. It's yeah. one of those fine balance things. You just well, need to fine tune. And, and something that Vilas Boas has done really well is to resurrect the careers of those who were targets of the Velodrome Boo Boys. He's probably got to do the mm. same for Valo Germain in twenty twenty, uh, yeah. who. Um, is so short of confidence at the moment. But the way Jordan and Mavi has bounced back, the way Radonjic has now started becoming mm-hmm. an important player as a sub, even though he was a starter against Nîmes last Sanson night. Sanson as well. Sanson yeah. was, was not performing the way everyone thought he could. Mm. I was listening to um, uh, a radio show last night and, that, and they, they were using that as an example of Vias Boas's canny management as well because everyone was saying, oh, Radonjic, he scored four times after coming off the bench. He's the super sub. And Vias Boas actually rewarded him by, by saying, well, actually, you're not just a super sub. You're going to start a game. Now, you might hear a little pop here. Come on, Rob. Way The champagne is open as we head to Reims, the <laughs> capital of uh, champagne country in France. Now, just I, a little one for you, Matt. I didn't just want just one, but I've got a glass. I know you're driving. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm allowed a little taste. Um... The festive period is... is I, I actually wanted to make the link by talking about Marseille's canny um, transfer market, the, the link with Lyon. Because back in August, I was looking at their transfer dealings and thinking, gosh, this is, this is very interesting. This is very good. Thiago Mendes looked like a really good signing. Mm. Yusuf Kone had looked very promising at left-back. They bought him from, from Lille. They got Jeffrey and Adelaide uh, towards, the, towards the end of August. I'm missing people out. You're missing Anderson, John Lucas, Joachim Anderson, jo- Yeah, they, uh, jo- John Lucas was more of an unknown. Joachim Anderson arrived for, a, I think, in excess of 30 million. Or yeah, record signing. A fee that will rise to around 30 million. From Sampdoria. He's been disastrous. Let's, let's catch up on the commentary. Dave was at the game, as I'll just get my champagne. He was at the game between Rouse and Leon last night. 
chipped into the box. Marcelo doesn't get off the ground. Thiago Mendes, chance here. Turning on it is Tuzar. He looks to the assistant referee, but he was onside. The OL midfielder, he gets his second of the season, and Lyon take a deserved lead. Cafaro. Oh, that's got to be a penalty. That was a terrible challenge. Cafaro has not scored a league goal this season. He has now. That's an emphatic penalty, beating Lopez, even though the goalkeeper went the right way. Corne. Dembele. Has he pointed to the spot? He has. It's a penalty for a foul on Musa Dembele. Dembele facing Rajkovic. Short runner. Oh, and it's saved. Can I just say that is really good champagne. Thank you very much, Robbie and um, Robbie's better half, Eleonora. Very, much very better. kind of you. Much better half, yeah. Um, is that... It's not Italian champagne. I guess it's French champagne. I hope French, it is. of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. If, if it was Italian, it couldn't be called champagne, Matt. There exactly. are rules about That's such the, things. Yeah. It would be Prosecco or... Oh, is that how it works? Spumante. Yeah. It's something to do with the European Union. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Dave. We're, we're all on our way out of bed anyway. <laughs> Moussa Dembele missing. I thought, I thought uh, you have some news on that front, don't you, Maddie? Well, I didn't want to announce it to the world, but yeah, I'm French. Oh! Well done. Felicitations, Mathieu. Congratulations. I'm French. I, well, oh. I'm still English. I'm still British, <laughs> but I'm also French now. Um, so thank you. Thank you to the République. It was, yeah, Eduardo Camavinga and myself. That's, that's the thing. Camavinga got a big ceremony. I saw Thiago Silva got a big ceremony. Yeah. When he was French, I've, I've how many journalists were outside yours? They said I, there were about fifteen got, or twenty. I've just, yeah. <laughs> I've just got an email saying, "Oh, by the way, you can get a, um, a birth certificate in French now and stuff." So anyway, I need to. I'll buy you a croissant to celebrate. <laughs> très bien, très bien. Dave Moussa Dembélé's penalty at the end. Uh, he had a chance to to win it for Lyon. Lyon desperately needed to to win that game, but probably didn't really deserve. Three no, points. they didn't deserve it. It was a, a casual penalty as well that Rajkovic saved. Not much of a run up. Rajkovic went the right way. Uh, Lyon actually started that game wonderfully well. In the first ten minutes, they made a Rance defence that had had ten clean sheets in seventeen games look ordinary. They kept finding space. Triore played superbly for ten minutes and then was awful for the rest of the game. Um, Tuzar scored a good goal. Corne was getting involved from his new position of left back. Dembele doesn't do a lot in open play, and unlike Icardi, he's not that good at finding space. Uh, he can look cumbersome at times, and that was the case in the game against Rance. He, the penalty was his first chance of the match. Awar had a shocker. Um, yeah, classic Lyon, inconsistent even within the, own, the same game. Is that, is that a, the Rudy Garcia effect? This guy that can get players when they're on a wave and riding a wave of confidence to play incredible football, but when consistency is a problem or is it more a, a Leon problem of recent years? I think they've got a lot of problems. I think... Uh... Someone like... Can we have a chat about Yusuf Kone? Because I thought he's one of those players who you don't... Re you've only seen for one season or half a season. He arrived at Lille. He got his chance at Lille in January when... Um, when Balotore went to Balotore, Monaco. Fode Balotore went to Monaco. And there, he really did look the good, a a, look the goods, a player with potential. And even at the start at Leon, I thought, okay, this is a real, he's a physical, real specimen. He's an excellent, excellent player, but hasn't gone on with it. And, and he's injured now as well. And, he's, and, injured. and he's been injured, injured a while. Dubois but, well. but should, not, should he not have stayed at Lille? 
where things were probably, good and he was really, really... Had, he only really had half a season didn't he exactly and, and these players been... that moved too quickly i mean he could have he could have stayed at little things were obviously good for him there Thiago Mendes is the biggest disappointment. Though. Yeah. And that's another one as well. He had one good season for me, at he's got, But he looks like a complete midfielder. I thought he was very good at the start of the Bielsa era as well. But at Lyon, he's a, a shadow well, that, of his that, former self. That suggests that... It's like they've signed his brother, which is a, a phrase the French like to use. Yeah, yeah, and Jose Mourinho likes that as well. Deli Ali. But it, it, it suggests that, they're, that, the, that the environment at Lyon isn't particularly welcoming yeah. or warm or easy. I mean, it's, it, it's a step up. Lille to Lyon is a step up. Lyon are a big football club. They're in the last 16 in the Champions League again. They've got they've got the infrastructures. That... Last eight of the Coupe de la Ligue. <laughs> last eight of the Coupe de la Ligue. <laughs> no, they, what, the, no, last, they're, they're, the last Coupe de la Ligue. The we, standards, have, we never spoke about that. Standards and expectations are much, much higher. Well, what's going to determine and condition the entire rest of the season is how well they go in the winter transfer window. There have been rumours in the French press this week about Guimero, Lemar and, and Zonzi. If they sign those three players, then I don't think their podium challenge is over. If they don't manage to reinforce with players of that class, then they're not going to finish in the top three. They might struggle to qualify for Europe. They're they're not just rumours. You know, Leon are are out there. They're putting feelers out there. They're trying to see. You know, the talk is they're going to try very hard to make two or three big signings. Uh, I think Thomas Lemar has made it clear he doesn't doesn't want to leave Atletico, but he's having a tough time at uh, Atletico. And it's said that Atletico want. All of the money back, which is seventy-two million, which yeah. is too much yeah, for Lyon. But Gamero and Zonzi, they look more likely to happen, I'd say, and yeah. they'd be fantastic signings. And Zonzi, I saw him after the the match against Paris for Galatasaray, and he he looked a player that was. I mean, they just lost five nil at the Parc des Princes, but he 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 looked a player that was looking for a way out, wanted a way out of of, of that needed, yeah, but needed that something new. He's a World Cup winner. That happens a lot at the Parc des Princes at the end of the evening. I can never get out. I'm always like looking, yeah. for, the, <laughs> looking for the way out. You get stuck in those tunnels oh, under that the bad. pitch. Oh, and then when you get outside the stage, you may end up getting filtered exactly in the opposite way to yeah. the one you want to go. Yeah, yeah. You want to go towards Paris and they keep trying to send you towards Robbie's house. It's a nightmare. I, yeah. I, I spend yeah. as much time getting Which in. Which is fine getting, for me I spend <laughs> when as much, I loop. Seriously, it is. Can I just say, it's not my good girl because I do have another one, but... <laughs> It's one of the most you really are French difficult now, stadiums. Mm. Queuing to, up the good girls. To get into, to, the number of times I've tried to negotiate with a policeman outside the Parc des Princes that I'm a journalist and I'm allowed to go through here. No, no, no. C'est fermé, it's c'est fermé. It's true. They make you walk all the way around the stadium. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried. You know, Gamero on paper, great signing. But what does that mean for Dembele? I mean, you know, you, you, don't, you don't play both of them, do you? So you're saying Dembele's not good enough? No, and they're similar kinds of players as well. I, I think. think he could play both of them. I think they have to have a, a major rethink of their style because, I'm, frankly, I'm fed up of those wide players, Traore and Terrier this year, haven't got a league goal between them. I don't really see the point in playing them. Terrier I- works slightly harder than Traore. Why not try with two strikers and get some creativity in your team elsewhere? Bertrand Traore is another one who, a, a bit like Maxwell Cornet, they're just no consistency. And you know that when things are on a roll for them, they could be good players. They're athletically, they're good. They're, Bertrand Traore is pretty, pretty technical as well for a winger. Yeah. Good crosser of the football. But just deliver. Deliver on he a regular basis. He scored two goals against Toulouse in the Coupe de la Ligue, but I reckon Matt would have got three. Oh. Probably. But I'm a, you know, I'm a quite consistent player. and <sighs> I would say, though, Dave, in front of goal, I've, I've never been dead. No. But... <laughs> I had something to say, and now you've you've really thrown me with that. Um, 
Yeah, so Lyon, 12th, they're, they're, they're 12 oh, points behind, behind Marseille. Like it's not yeah. their worst points haul of the 21st century. This is what, okay. commentating a match, you get a bit yeah, further into the stats. That was 2013-2014, they ended up finishing fifth that year. Just three weeks ago, we were talking about how Lyon, Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne were, were fourth, fifth, sixth, that the, the league table looked like all the big guns, were, the Rennes were there, Marseille, yeah, yeah. Lille. Now, Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, Lyon are now 12th, 13th and 14th. They haven't moved in two weeks and everyone has just flown above them. They've dropped nearly 10 places in just three weeks of football. Mm. And that means as well that they can come back. And as Matt was uh, saying off air, there are quite a few clubs in the top half of the table with a game in hand on Lyon now, actually, including Monaco, Reims, Rennes, PSG. Yeah, Monaco's is against PSG, so that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, well, I I was going to move on to our to our bilan just because I thought it, it might be a good time to do it. Rance, do we need to have the, a word about Rance? Yeah, Six? Caffaro and on the fly again. Really like Matthew Caffaro. We have the champagne out. Go on then, Caffaro. Caffaro, tell uh, us about Caffaro's history first. DC. Uh, we Fantastic. Want to get into the Go Toulouse on, just quickly, thing. just quickly. Uh, he was in the car where I believe it was an air rifle that was fired, wasn't it, with odds on Edouard? <laughs> so he left Toulouse. In, but I think Caffaro those... was the. Was the driver? He left to lose in those circumstances. No, it was Hudson Edwards' car. I, I, I'm not going to go any well, further yes. because I can only okay. half remember the story. <laughs> but anyway, he pitched up at Rance, but he's he's a lovely player to watch. He's yeah. he's quick. He's the way he they takes were both the ball fired out. from Toulouse, weren't they? Hudson Edwards yeah. and Caffaro were both, both he's, fired. He's Rance a, sh- he's a sharp shooter. He is a sharp shooter. <laughs> Very good, Maddie. But it, it swerves in the air. So yeah, Lopez <laughs> had to make a. A save from a Caffaro free kick. It was really surprising that it was his first league goal of the season because he's got a, a ferocious shot on him and so much skill. The, the way he takes the ball out of the sky from these diagonal balls, at times it reminds me of Zlatan. Very different build, but he just kills it dead. And there are very few players in Ligue 1 capable of doing that. And um, well, one of Lyon's biggest problems, not just because they've got fullbacks injured, is that you can just play a ball down the side of a fullback or a centre-half. As soon as you get those defenders running towards their own goal, they look in a right mess. They haven't actually conceded that many goals in the first half of this, of this season, but every time I've watched them in recent weeks, a fullback, generally the right-back, has been in massive trouble. And Reims defend very, very well as well. I think they've got the equal best defence in the in the division with, with PSG. That must have been their 10th yeah, goal. Yeah, 10 goals conceded. Yeah. And yeah. Yunus Abdel-Amid, for me, is the most underrated central defender since Reims came back to, to the top flight mm. three years ago. He, he is, And he's he 31, I think, now, or 32. Angles, wasn't he? And he's mm. yeah, spectacular. Disaster playing alongside him now, and he's strong. Gave away the penalty. But. It's impressive. It's very, it's very, very impressive. Another team that sounds a bit like Rouse, or well, certainly went the way it's written, and it's doing really well. Ren, <laughs> Ren are, are in third, and I tell you what, they are. They're they're, they're looking the business again. They got a one nil win away to uh, Bordeaux last night, um, and yeah, they're, they're they're third in the table. And we've been talking a lot about Marseille, quite rightly, because they're in this incredible uh, run of form at the moment. But if Ren win their game in hand against Nîmes. They're just two points behind Marseille. And uh, guys, Ren very, very well positioned. Um, can you see them going on in the second half of the season and qualifying for the Champions League? No. Really? No, I can't, no. I, I like them. And let's go for some calendar year goal stats again because and they're my favourites. Nyong's over 20. Adrian Hunu scored 18 goals in, wow. in 2019. I don't he think people will be rushing out to buy his DVD compilation. He did have a, a fantastic end to last yeah, season. M- M- Bayon got a late winner. Um, Bordeaux dropping down to 13th. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious as to who you can see. We actually, we are going to do predictions, but I'm curious as to who you see finishing above Ren actually at the moment. Given um, that, given that, given that they've won five in a row, but then they were on a bad run just before then. I, I can still, I, I'm, I'm still going to back Monaco to finish in the top three. Wow. After week 14, Ren were 11th. So in, in five games, they've climbed to third. Yes. Well, they're in form. Well, they got a few they're wins, didn't they? Win their first form. three league games of the season, and they had a big, um, yeah, big dip. And they've. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to give back. us a Frenchism there, Matt. They had a big hole of air. Yeah, I was going to say a big. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, nice. was going to say a big tunnel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they went into a tunnel. A big traversée du désert. <laughs> but you but are. They're, they're out of the desert now. A trou d'air. Trou d'air. Which is what? Where does trou d'air come from? A hole in the air. Is that from aeronautical? Terminology. Well, as I'm French, I, I would explain yeah. this to you, but I think <laughs> is it cycling? We'll we'll, we'll talk. Oh, no, but that would be a positive thing—a slipstream oh, or yeah. something. Anyway, just a hole. Right in, in legampodcast at yeah. gmail.com. If you know what trudeck means and where it comes from. Last week, I think we were saying oh, it's Lille, a negative thing. Lille are looking good, and Lille could finish in 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 the top three, but they were absolutely spanked last night at the Stade Louis Deux, and Armel Tangi. Um, little shout out to Armel who was trying to come in this morning. Um, but his bike broke down and he had to turn around and go home. I, I feel a bit bad for him because he's had a very short night. Um, but he did see plenty of goals in the Principality. Ikone, Aussie men ahead of him. Aussie men goal side, shipped over the calls. And there is his first away goal of the season. Gabriel into Andre. Well, that's poor from the former Ren man. Ben Yedda into Martins. Can he finish? Yes, he can. Emphatically, Monaco back on level terms. Since Monaco might just use the opportunity to, uh, to just find their way into this game, slowly but surely. Aguilar, first time ball to Akita Balde, and that's exactly what Monaco have done. It's 2-1. Aguilar past his man. He delivered the ball for Monaco second. It was for Balde. This time it's Ben Yedder who turns it in. Now Lille have to defend as Jelson Martins finds Golovin. Font tracking down the Russian. Golovin inside, Jose Font. Still Alexander Golovin. And Aguilar, Ben Yedder! 4-1 Monaco. Monaco. Every sign wanting a fifth here. Adrian Silva prepares to whip in maybe the final set piece of the game. Very well whipped in too. Camille Glick attacks it. And that is five. So a cracking victory for AS Monaco. And it's a strange one because they were knocked out of the Coupe de la Ligue by Lille in midweek. Um, all the talk in the build-up to this game was that if they don't get a result, Leonardo Jardim is gone. Um, Leonardo Jardim, there, there were reports that the players decided on the tactics um, on Saturday night that Jardim wanted to carry on in a 4-4-2 and the players said, no, we need three centre-backs. And, you know, that, that there's an awful lot going on behind the scenes at Monaco. Jardim, I think it's fair to say, is still under huge pressure and could be sacked over Christmas. But they've just beaten Lille 5-1. Lille, uh, certainly rivals for, for European qualification. And Dave, yeah. You, you, you said you fancied Monaco to finish in the top three. They're, they're, seventh, yeah, they're yeah. seventh at the moment. They've taken 26 points from their last 13. So they've... Yeah, and I did my calculations. Well. I reckon if they can take two points per game for the rest of the season, then they will finish in the top three. 
because the other teams around them are inconsistent too. They're always going to score goals. I, I actually did the Monaco-Lille game in the League Cup on the Tuesday night and um, Monaco were useless. They were taken apart. First by Aussie men before he went off um, feeling dizzy and had to stay in a, a Monaco hospital for a couple of nights. It was good to see him able to line up and score again in the weekend, finally getting a first away league goal. Um, and then Remy came on in the midweek game and uh, Lille totally outclassed them. Um, Jardim did shake up the team a little bit for the Saturday game, changed the tactics too, dropped Slimani, who hasn't looked at his best since he came back from the suspension after his red card against Bordeaux. And well, you set up chances for Ben Yedder. He takes them. He's on to 13 goals now. Got another two last night. He's impressive, isn't he? Yeah. 13 goals. Really Top scoring league A's two ahead Is of... Is he a uh, contender for our subs bench in the team of the decade? Two ahead of Mbappe. Oh, well, well, he always scored consistently, didn't he, for Toulouse? He yeah. did. He did. I think he's into into the late 70s now in, uh, in the number of league and goals. So, uh, Should we do that? Yeah. Quick reminder of our team of the decade, which is very much etched in my in my mind now. Um, in goal, number one, Steph Mondonda. Number two, Christophe Jallet. I saw on social media people giving, Wasn't there last giving night me a bit Emil. of stick that Christophe Jallet was getting picked, but long, longevity and and the amount Absolutely. of clubs he's 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 served and he's always been very strong. And I've got no doubt that he deserves it ahead of someone like Azpilicueta or you know a a bigger name. But Jale's done it for 10 years. So Jale at right back, Thiago Silva, Vitrino Hilton, the centre-backs, Maxwell at left back, a midfield of Fabinho in the holding role, Verratti and uh, Matuidi either side of him. And in attack, what about this? Kylian Mbappe on the right, Eden Hazard on the left, Zlatan Ibrahimovic through the middle. And just in case we need a bit of inspiration from the bench, we're going to pick seven subs. Seven. Well, goodness, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm bench. Told you have to go. You have yeah. to go with. They're Shush. asking. They're asking more and more now to be able to make four substitutions. I had two calls. He wants yeah. six, doesn't he? Well, Thomas Tuchel wants to be able to make lots of changes. Yeah. yeah. Also to protect his players, who are who are permanently getting injured at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Well, Thomas Tuchel can 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 <laughs> can forget it. Let's, <laughs> um, the the PSG player who's played the most has only played the equivalent of twenty full games. I don't call that a busy fixture. Is that Di Maria? Tuchel's, su- Tuchel's suggestion was not, not that you're allowed player. to make more changes, but that when you make a change, you can make two. And you can make up to three changes. You can make well, that was used at the Women's World Cup. I.e. So you can, you make, can bring on six players. You can't use it for time-wasting. Anyway. But if, you, if you're making three substitutions, you can make two at a time. That was used at the Women's World Cup. Let's get the goalkeeper sorted. Mm. We, we, we mentioned uh, Ruffier and, and yeah. Lopez. Those Ruffier. two were pushing Mondonda very hard. So, Ruffier. Yeah. I think Ruffier. so. I, I think yeah. it was only Robbie who was going for Anthony Lopez. I was um, uh, I was there for Guillermo Ochoa as well. Lopez, who got kicked in the head by Dembele last night, I think and, had, we... and finished the game with a bandaged head and strapping around his thigh after Camera had collided with him earlier. But so he, he has that more... element of madness that goalkeepers need, Anthony Lopez, which I like. But I guess Ruffier has that as well. Yeah, Ochoa I think it... did pave the way for Andre Piazzinyak and uh, and Jeremy Menez. I think to go it to depends if, Mexico, if we're though. going to try to conquer the Mexican and Central American market. Or whether we're just going to pick the best. Yeah, I think we should move on to the more interesting okay. positions. Because we're going to have another big argument about forwards <laughs> on the bench soon. Okay. So, so that's are we going 2-2-2 two, two, two on the bench? Two no, defenders? I'm, I'm going to have Marquinhos covering almost every defensive position so I can <laughs> yeah, overload I had, it with forwards. I had Marquinhos ahead of Thiago Silva. So I'm backing Marquinhos as a defender who can play in midfield. Um, yeah. but I and do, right back. 
I do have another yep. defensive suggestion. I, I think it's really important um, to get car- people who are not going to be too up too upset about being on the bench. Guys who are going to be, you know, good team players, good ambiance, and who who may <laughs> I can't speak English. This champagne, Robbie, is, is going yeah, to my head. And the French nationality. Who yeah. creates the atmosphere better than any other player in Liga and has also done pretty well, Adil Rami. So for me, Adil Rami should be on that bench. It's fair. Pa- yeah. Pamela okay. Anderson, okay. Pamela yeah, Anderson well. in the stands as a result? Well, I don't think so. Not no, but- anymore. <laughs> the poor thing. Okay, so I'm jotting down Adil Rami. Any midfielders, guys? Yeah, I, I still want to get one of that Lille midfield into yeah, the Salmon, Mavuba. I'll probably go Kabai. with Mavuba. Idrissa Ganagay. Kabai. No. no. Mavuba. Um, I know it's not it's not that inspiring, just, but <laughs> No, but look, they they've Can been there. Can I just there. say Thiago Motta, I think has just been yeah, sacked sure. by Genoa. So, he's had a pretty tough month being mm. missing out on our team of the decade and game. And there were some there was a, a few of this Le Bourgeois podcast mm. that thought Motta really should have been in there. The eleven, so I think that's enough to get him on the bench, isn't it? Get him on the bench, and we definitely need we definitely need Dimitri Payet. I think Armel would would yeah. just go on strike if we didn't pick Payet Jimmy for Brion? the bench. I, I'm arguing for Florian Tovan as well. He, he's been in league yeah. and since 2012, apart from his disastrous few months at Newcastle. Can I? And just, he scores goals every season. Wait, good wait, sub to have as well. Wait, we haven't Dave, got enough wait, white Dave, players. You, and he's a good guy. Everyone likes Tovan, everyone likes no, Florian no, no, Tovan. No, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this. Can Can I just say? <laughs> Can I just say, for everyone thinks he's a good guy. They they didn't at Newcastle when he turned up in a tuxedo and and basically behaved like a superstar. Can I just say, it was agreed last week that Suleiman Kamara, who is the super sub in Ligue 1 for the last ten years, would be on our bench because he just yeah. nobody comes on and scores more than him. And Andy yeah. Scott, who is also French now, I believe, has <laughs> doesn't sound it. has a, a particular favourite. And as he doesn't turn up for podcasts anymore, I'm going to argue Sheikh Diabate's case. When you need a different option off the bench, you need the giant Marlian. And he he also quickly developed cult status in that last spell, didn't he? At Mess, it was okay, spectacular. So His stepovers got... against against uh, Marseille. No, I'm, not, I'm not going to say that Diabate should be in. That's just Randy. Yeah. In terms of are, atmosphere, and it's a, a tribute to of, Sheikh Diabate and to Andy Scott. In terms of atmosphere and uh, you know dressing room culture, I think Diabate would be great for that. Mm. But yeah. effectively, we've got one position left, one striker, because Suleiman Kamara is already in, and it's going to be between Diabate, Cavani, and Lacazette. And Payet's in midfield. Payet's was in he? midfield. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Wow, that is tough. I mean, in goals, you can't go past Cavani. Lacazette was Leon youth product. Led the team, captain them. Or we could get rid of Adil Rami. Carried them for a little for while. Two forwards. <laughs> could he be the 24th man? <laughs> no, um, the, I, I the 19th Ka- man. I think Cavani has to be. No? Um, if you're just asking me who I'd want to come off the bench, I'd want Lacazette because he can... For yeah. me, even though Cavani played a lot wide, Lacazette can fill those different positions in a slightly different way. Pretty hard. But we have to have Cavani in there. And, and, and okay, no, Robbie Adil hasn't Rami. even said El Matador yet. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> All right, Cavani, Lacazette, Camera. That's three. We're going to drop Rami then. Or How many subs have we got now? We're allowed seven. We've yeah. got. We've no, got you can't eight. drop Marquinhos. Well, if, is, are we talking in terms of impact on Liga and and yeah, maybe Cavani and all this sort we of could, thing? And let's take Rafael Cavani. Out of there. Cavani was good for for Liga. I think he's got and he's got a big international reputation. Do all these things count? Dave's been trying to bring this back to football each time. Okay. To his credit. So, guys, we have to drop one of Marquinhos, Rami or Mota. Because camera is non-negotiable. 
Drop camera. <laughs> okay. Okay, done. Drop camera. Oh, Sule, sorry. <laughs> camera dropped. Camera dropped. Um, so there we have it. Our seven subs. Stefan Ruffier, Marquinhos, Adil Rami, Thiago Mota, Dimitri Payet, Edinson Cavani, Alexander Lacazette. I think we're meant to pick a coach as well, aren't we? But I don't oh, think coach. this team needs a coach. You're the coach. No, no, we need a coach. We need a coach. Need a coach. And I don't think it should be Laurent Blanc before Robbie says. So, okay. Um, so close to saying that as well. <laughs> Um, I, I, I have a lot either. of latent respect for Leonardo Jardim for what he did in 2017 yeah. and, the, and the problems he had with people selling all his players from one year to the next and him still no. managing Claudio Ranieri as well for what he did at Monaco Seriously, as well, though, bringing them back. For his second spell at Monaco. Christophe Galtier, his final di- years at ah, Saint-Étienne, just there's talking. something... Boring. Yes. And I think, I think players love Christophe Galtier. I think he's a really we, we good coach. We all like him. I think we've all interviewed him. Yeah. And he's a very he's, engaging man yeah. while you're talking to Hasn't him. Hasn't he been away coach of the, the year twice? Because he shared it with shared it with Ancelotti, Ancelotti in yeah. 2013. And didn't he win it again? But I, I'm going to argue Jardim's case as well. Because to go up against that PSG team that far into the yeah. Qatari era and to be able to take them on and play that thrilling football the way yeah. they did the second half of the season. Um, and the season before... Oh, they guys, were just no, defensive. They barely I scored a goal. I can't press conferences and stuff and lack of charisma. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We need, a, we need a leader. Galette. But you can't go with, with Galette would... as in Galette Sossis, Christian Gorkouf. You no, can't, go, no, you can't no. go with one of I, the classic me, league For me, boys. it's Mou- Stefan Moulin or Christophe Galtier. Moulin, the only issue. It's Moulin, you're talking about charisma, Matt. He's out. Yeah, I like Moulin. <laughs> I find him quite entertaining. The only uh, downside is that he wasn't in Ligue 1 for the first half of the decade. All right, let's go with Galtier then. We don't need a coach yeah. for this team. Okay. Yeah, Galtier, this, this right. team can coach itself. John-Louis Gasset. <laughs> Great right, story so we're, we're, we're running out of time. Before I wrap up the, um, the rest of the action last night, I'm just going to have my good girl. Cause this René Girard won the league as well with Montpellier. By and the I do want to say sorry to Andy Scott because it's something that annoys Andy Scott even more than me. But um, Andy, you're not here, so I'm going to do it for you. Oh, merde. Quelle bande de chèvres. C'est mon coup de gueule. All right, the um, festive period is upon us. Ligue 1 is stopping for three weeks, and that means that we're going to have to watch um, inferior leagues like, like, like the Premier League, for example. There are going to be lots of games. And what really, oh, really yes. bugs me is the way the French have taken part of the English culture, or certainly a term, which is Boxing Day, um, which is, as all British people know, the 26th of December. And traditionally... They play Premier League games on the 26th, but because of television now, they play on the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th. And the French are marketing this as last year it was, um, it, it was the famous Boxing Day period where they would say, OK, this is, this, we've got football every day throughout the holidays. It's Boxing Day. And now they've, they've changed it. Canal Plus are marketing their Premier League coverage as uh, Les Boxing Days. Like there are now several Boxing Days, four of them in a row, back yeah. to back, and they, they 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 not only get it completely wrong, but they call it le fameux Boxing Day. So they're not even they're, they're not just getting it wrong, but they're now saying it's famous. I'm, I'm, I'm is... going to defend your compatriots, Matt, here because they don't get a second public holiday on the 26th of December unless they're in Alsace, where they're very sensible people. But so, Dave, they have boxing. boxing they have. Days, uh, boxing they, they've been they making up for it by being on strike for the last, last three year. Weeks. Last year, French people were trying to explain to me that Boxing Day is actually a period, and that I should look this up. But it, and they were comparing it to Christmas, and the Christmas Christmas is a period, unless you say Christmas Day. It's the Christmas mm-hmm. period. That's fine. We're in the Christmas period. We're not in the Boxing Day period. Exactly. Right. 
But boxing, perhaps they get confused because boxing has also been adopted into the French language for meaning boxing, as in fighting, combat, in a ring, boxing. So are they, are they getting confused with the little nuance there between I just, opening boxes it's and... It's just their way. That, but the thing is, you try and explain and to fighting. them, they don't care. It's like we're taking it and we're doing it our way, and it's oh, you, you there are lots of words they've taken from the English language, and they've kind of they use them in their way, even though they change the meaning. You'll be caring, and you'll, you'll be watching future Paris Saint Germain boss Mikel Arteta with interest. Oh, interesting, Dave. Interesting, Mikel Arteta. Every, that's the thing everyone's saying about how Arteta has learned from Guardiola and Wenger. Pochettino, but wait until Arteta. wait until they see that Luis Fernandez dance. When, when Arsenal beat Tottenham and he starts to do the Macarena or whatever. Does he do that? Does he do the Luis well, Fernandez I'm sh- dance? I'm on sure the, he on learned because he played under Lewis at, at PSG. Um, As did Pochettino. He might have taught Lewis a thing or two. Importantly, fellas, Dijon messed it up. They were at home to uh, Mets and uh, Mets were down to 10 men and they managed to come back and get a 2-2 draw. Those two, I think, are going to scrap it out at the bottom. To avoid the drop, those Other two. big results, uh, Montpellier 4, Brest 0. Terrific victory for Montpellier. Angers getting their first win away to Nantes. These two are regional rivals, by the way. First win away to Nantes for 52 years. So Better than uh, Marseille at Bordeaux. Stefan Moulin um, giving uh, himself yeah, uh, uh, another claim for the... Uh, and they're back the up to eighth and within touching distance of, of European spots as well, Angers now. Absolutely. Nice 3, Toulouse 0. So we saw before the game that some rats had uh, bitten through the cable... Um, that was linking up the goal line technology. So there was no goal line technology, but... Didn't need it for Lise Malou's goal. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah didn't need it. Antoine sorry. Comboire has overseen nine consecutive defeats. Toulouse are in big, big trouble. Patrick Vieira was um, not getting carried away after the game. He said he's not been happy. He said it's been a mixed first half of the season and some players should worry about their places in the second half of the season. So strong words from, uh, from Big Pat. Yeah, because this is the first full transfer window that they'll have had under Ineos' ownership as well. So exactly. we can see that them, along with Lyon, you'd suspect, are going to be the most active clubs. But in I Germany. don't suspect Ineos to spend big. Their whole, their late motive when they arrived was find value, buy undervalued players, bring them up, sell them on, move them on. Nice, um, if you get the chance, English-speaking Nice fans or, or interested in Ligue 1, go and check out Nice's uh, videos on YouTube. Patrick Vieira, inside the dressing room, pre-match talks, everything. They, they film it all and publish it all. And it's very interesting. If you want to see how Patrick Vieira is as a coach inside the dressing room, Nice, publish it all. Well, I think in a couple of months after seven or eight defeats from Arteta, there'll be... Uh... Lots of Arsenal fans having a look at Patrick Vieira's team talks. Strasbourg 2, Saint-Étienne 1. That's the only other result that we haven't... Uh, Ludovic Ajorc, my, my choice as goal of the week against much mocking from Robbie. A lovely <laughs> flicked backward head. You just don't see that enough from a six foot five player. It was, yeah, clever stuff from Ajorc who scored 15 goals in the uh, calendar year and I think is quite an underrated player. Strasbourg up to 11th. Great calendar year stat, Matt, again. Just throwing, as, if, as if we wouldn't notice it. Saint-Étienne down to 14th. We're not going to go on a, a bon voyage because we're all going to be... Um, well, I don't know what we're well, doing. Well, thanks, thanks to the strike, my uh, bon voyage plans for Christmas with the family have been cancelled. I know, there are not many bon voyages. It's yes. pretty, it's, I'll probably not cycle happy. somewhere because not that's happy. all I've been doing for the last three weeks. Yeah, Train strike is... It'll be rent a car terrible. and somewhere nearby. Unfortunately, people really struggling. I mean, it's two weeks in a That's row. That's another good girl that two we could have. Two weeks in a row, my cleaning lady has not been able to come because of the uh, 
the strikes. But and, uh, I just yeah, my coup de go, my other one apart from the calendar year stuff was why does it always rain when I'm cycling to Robbie's for the podcast, and then as soon as I arrive, it's dry. Yeah, that's a fair point, Dave. World against you. Can, that's yeah. a fair point. But <laughs> we do have some important stuff to go through because our executive producer, who as we speak is on his way uh, driving home uh, to the UK, Ian Holyman. Hi, Ian. Um, he wants us to do a bilan, a half-term report, most impressive team, most impressive player, best transfer or coaching appointment, and biggest disappointment. So let's go round the table very quickly. I know that Robbie's prepared um, for this. Absolutely. Who's been your most impressive team, Robbie? Rance. Rance for me. I think they had a fantastic finish to last season. Uh, they, they entertained for a side that came up that... Uh, weren't expected big things, and they're doing it again this season. Yep, 16 goals scored in 18 games. They're, they're upping the ante. No, but they're... they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're I, that was at the end of last season. Bula Dia really was Udans injured. Goals. Because Rob's talking about rounds, I have to mention Bula exactly, Dia. Exactly. Hard last night's game, he's got five. Look, I never mention Bula Dia anymore, but you guys have to admit that he, he, he does the business up front for Rance. Yeah. A side Dave. that do struggle to score goals. Well, obviously, the most impressive team is PSG, but we can't pick them because no, we just exactly. Well, it. that's what so, we're uh, exactly. Oh, of course, they are mad. They've they've romped it in in a most Champions League players, group PSG. outside of Liga. Most impressive team is, Olympique de Marseille. is a collection of individuals that comes together. They've and just plays scored together. seventeen goals in four games, conceded two. They're top of the table by seven points. Top of their Champions League Dave, group Marseille, into the last Marseille, eight of yeah. the Coupe de la Ligue. Well, for me, Marseille are much more an impressive team than Paris Saint-Germain at the moment. Because for me, wow. Paris Saint-Germain are claiming a lot of points through their individuals. And Marseille... And what uh, happened when those two teams met? Well, the individuals were, were up were for it. Were too good. Were up for it and uh, won 4-0. But Marseille, for me, the most impressive team. Um, the most impressive player so far. This may be, Robbie, you could give to a PSG player if you want. Most impressive player... Mm. Dave, Dave, you go, got one. Go quickly while I. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm developing a. I think a, you're going to go Monaco. Admiration. No, I'm developing yeah. a really Icardi. I, I yeah, like a player yeah. who doesn't want to do anything apart from <laughs> score from four yards. And, and this is a this is nice, Dave, because it it overcomes your your suspicion Argentinian of Argentinians. Yeah. <laughs> and the, no, but he's, he's an unflashy Argentinian. So but I like they that. they have that quality, don't they, Argentinians? The Roberto Ayala, Gabriel Heinz. Uh, you know, the little bit of Grinter. He has that, Mauro Icardi. He's a quality player. Quality player. Di Maria, that's the Argentine you don't like and the one I do. So I'll go with He's that. been brilliant this year. Yeah. You're not yeah. going for Abdul Hamid? Very good as well. Matt, I can't go with only Rance. Rance trifecta. One, two, three. Okay. Coach okay. of the year, David Guillon. I don't know who I'm going to go for. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm really enjoying Andy Delors because I think um, he... Florent Mollet? No, no, sorry, Andy Delore. Because not only does he score a lot of goals and show a lot of skills and stuff, but he's been the most unlucky player ever. He's had two ridiculously tight um, VAR calls go against him for offside. He's had a couple of other VAR decisions, I think, as well. He keeps well. hitting the woodwork as well, doesn't he? I he think? keeps hitting the woodwork. And his, his post-match interviews are, are quite funny, I think. He was saying that he was going to cut off his toes um, because of these offside decisions. And he said, you know, without VAR, I'd be top scorer. And then he had another goal disallowed the next week. And he... He didn't say he'd cut anything else off, but he said, um, he said, without VAR, I'd be top scorer and I'd be at Real Madrid. So I, 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 I'm enjoying <laughs> how he's kind of going up and up. Is he the most impressive player in Liga? No, but I'm going to go for him. Right. Um, best transfer or coaching appointment in the summer? This is uh... AVB. Good shout. Yeah, Mauro Cardi, AVB. 
we'll discuss a bit because I need to think of one. <laughs> well, AVB <laughs> has turned around a Marseille side that, that no one, especially after two months of the season, you, you have yeah. to be a good communicator for a coach as well. You have to be able to convince your president, what, convince the supporters that give me a bit of time, things except, we can turn the corner. Except the way he went about it was in a, a very un-French way. He, said, he called it straight, didn't he? Yeah, we're going yeah. for the podium. We should be going for the podium. We're Marseille. Whereas a French coach appointed in that situation would say, well, we'll see how it goes and then yeah, we'll see where we're... Transition season. We'll see where we are in 2020 and then see what is uh, what we can do because they haven't qualified for the Champions League for ages. But he just said, okay, right, there aren't going to be big transfers this summer, but we're I going for the top Another bit. player, yeah. Matt, just before, to give you another couple of seconds, who I think deserves plenty of credit um, and unfortunately he's going to be missing now, is Memphis Depay. Because he, he was one that carried almost Olympic Lyonnais. Maybe that's a bit yep. strong, but yep. at the no, first six shout. months of the season. And he's gone now, and that is a huge blow for Lyon. I feel there's a bit too much anti-French sentiment on the pod, so I'm going to stick up for French coaches. It's only since you became French. It's only since I became French. Uh, Christian Gorku, <laughs> for me, um, has shown that he has uh, certainly not passed it. He's come into Nantes, and he's picked up a very sort of yeah. threadbare Nantes squad. He's got them fifth. That were also psychologically destroyed last season with, with Salah. Yeah. Rangier leaving the captain after the end of the transfer window. That saga that ripped the heart out of them. No, I mean, he's, fifth. he's fifth thing. with Khalifa yeah, Koulibaly, yeah. Is, is sole striker. He's, he's a good in. player, Khalifa Koulibaly, Matt. Come on. He, he can lead a line. But would you want a non-season ticket? I wouldn't. No, they've got a yeah. minus one goal difference. It wouldn't, the Kings it wouldn't cost are, too much. The Kings are winning 1-0. And the Beaujois is one of the better atmospheres in Ligue 1. So I think you're being exactly. harsh. Exactly, they've, they've got their yellow wall. Um, biggest disappointment. Lots of contenders, uh, I would say, for this, particularly in Lyon. But, yeah, Dave? Right, Anderson and Thiago Mendes. I was going to go for Anderson. Are we going players? So Joachim Anderson, the... The, the Danish centre-back who joined for a record fee from Sampdoria mm. and lost his place to Marcelo, despite the fact that Marcelo is absolutely uh, hated by a section of Lyon fans. And can barely run. Robbie is frantically looking through his computer for well, more Well, no, for I'm looking at the teams just thinking if anyone comes out. I don't like choosing disappointing players. It's just so possible. So, you can choose a coach if you want. I'm, right, uh, here's my Christmas, yeah, my Christmas present. No, I'll go to Antoine Comboare is a full season ticket for Toulouse, not just a half season for free. <laughs> every, all the French Even clubs, if he gets sacked, he's got to go to the Le Stadium every week to watch Toulouse. Just a, a, a little word for our uh, foreign listeners who think about season tickets and how much they pay and how much all the French clubs are now selling half season tickets for the, for the second half of the season. And in my preparation yesterday for, for Paris Saint-Germain versus Amiens, Amiens half season ticket at the Stade de la Licorne. How much would that set you back? I'm going to say no, um, 90 euros. 87, 87 DC. Good call. 87 euros for, well, 10, 10 home matches, they're into the quarterfinals of the Coupe de la Ligue. That's included as well. French Cup it's starts. Good. It's in very January. good, and it's what it should be. It's a good pro- eight euros, nine euros no, a, I mean that, a ticket you know, for a home game. To be honest, yeah, people who go and watch Premier League and half the French clubs like, are oh that level goodness, as well. That, but I mean, the big that, clubs are not that, that is level. What but it should be to go and watch absolutely. a football match. And you, people who pay forty, fifty at Nice, quid, Bordeaux, you can you can find very very good prices for. My disappointment then, Nîmes. Take off your Dimitri Payet Santa's hat to them, which you're wearing. Yeah. Neem Olympic are the disappointment for me. Oh gosh, Neem, Neem. Well, just because I wanted who, who everyone sat- wanted them to do so well, and last season was such a f- they were the feel good team of the year with their with their you know backs against the wall underdog permanent underdog spirit, 
And but they lost. They sold all their players. So. Well, that, this they is sold the thing. all their the players. Guy, they're yeah, struggling. The they're going to have a new stadium soon, so they're going to leave the Stade de Costier as well, which really hurts because these old small grounds for these modest clubs are one of their huge advantages. And if they're going to leave, but and, they lost and their sporting director Boissier, who came back. They managed to get him back because they were doing so badly, and he's gone again. Yeah, and Blackard might leave before Blackard's do a podcast in trouble. Yeah, yep, exactly. It's uh, going to be a fraught Christmas for a few teams and a few managers. I'm thinking about Nîmes. I'm thinking about Toulouse. But uh, it's going to be a nice Christmas for all of us. As Robbie grins at me, taking a big gulp of champagne. Um, we do. Have... I think. We, I think we should try this more often, guys. <laughs> champagne. I, I think. This, yeah, the, the podcast pod. has been way more interesting for me. I'm not sure about the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, you've got a day of putting highlights together ahead of you. You're going yeah. to be able to stay awake. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be working with the, the, the very fine league and commentator, Angus DeRoe, so easy. Right, well, I need to get to the market to get my Brussels sprouts because I've got the family coming round in a, in a couple of days. I do hope that everybody at home has enjoyed our, uh, our festive pod and uh, has enjoyed Le Beaujeu throughout 2019. I haven't, Robbie's going to give me a... Ticking off. What's our ha- calendar year? I haven't, given, I haven't given my email address calendar, or even the, yes. the pod's email address. League podcast at gmail.com. Do send us your thoughts. Do send us your emails. We're also on social media. Um, hashtag Le Bourgeois. Um, and uh, we will be back before the, uh, the action recommences on January the 10th. There are some big matches, by the way. Rennes against Marseille. Uh, third against second to, to kick off on January the 10th. We'll be back on the 13th, Matt. We'll be back on after the, week 20. Yeah. After week 20. To, on to the, wrap it all up. On the 13th, wrap it all up. Do have a great Christmas. Enjoy the boxing days. And we will be back very soon from Dave Cross and Robbie Thompson, me, Matt Spiro. It's au revoir. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh, what a goal! Killian Mbappe wraps it up.